0: This is the MDRT Podcast. For many advisors, establishing consistency in their business can be easier said than done. During a Zoom conversation in June 2021,
1: Carla Brown, Chester, England.
0: Matt Duffy, Murfreesboro, Illinois. shared how hiring and receiving feedback have helped increase consistency and peace of mind. My best
1: practice that I've implemented within the last 12 months I was actually bringing in an operations manager. So prior to that, it was myself running the business, writing the business, pretty much doing everything around the business and trying to keep everybody doing what they needed to do. And it became so reliant on me keeping that energy going. And the busier I got, the less time I had available for doing things within the practice. So I hired a operations manager to take over the day-to-day running of the business for me. So I've stepped back and I'm just now doing doing the leadership side of things, but more the the financial planning, the sort of the the bread and butter, going out there and earning money. And it's meant that I can leave the actual day-to-day running of the business to her. And it has been an absolute godsend. It's given me so much time back. It's allowed me to not be so distracted all the time. And also, from a personal perspective, it's taken a huge weight off my shoulders and given me more time for family life and fun as well.
2: So, we implemented some things in our office over the last four years, actually. It's kind of been a progression. I've been in business for about 20 years, and I've always had good production at the end of the year, but it was never hitting consistently. You know, sometimes we'd have a good first quarter, sometimes we'd have a good third quarter, but we never had consistent production throughout, you know, throughout each month and throughout each week, throughout each year. So, we we tried to figure out what was going on, and we looked at we didn't have anything in place that was causing us to have people consistently walking through our door all the time. So we started figuring out ways that we could keep people continuously coming through our door because we do meet with all of our people face to face. And we were kind of just cherry picking clients as we went in the past. So now we've, we've implemented some things, but the very probably the two biggest things that we implemented and we picked them both up from MDRT meetings or local organization meetings one is we call it the clipboard, the intake form, the check-in sheet, similar that you have at a doctor's office. You know, every single doctor's office you walk into, they hand you a clipboard and say, fill this out, bring it back to us when you're done. So we did that and we implemented that sheet, uh, two-page sheet, asking them about confirming personal information, you know, names, addresses, dates of birth, but also What things are you interested in that we may not have talked about before? What products and services might you be interested in? Even though if you're here, again, we're multi-line, so maybe you're here to talk about auto insurance, but you're interested in financial planning or life insurance for your family. When we did that, we uncovered needs with all these people that we had never spoken to them about before. And it became consistent that every single time, You know, you always have those people that they just fill their name out and hand the sheet in, but most people fill that form out in its entirety and they're telling us what things they want to talk about. And it gives us, being in multi-line, it's not always easy to move from auto and home insurance to financial planning in the discussion. If they've checked that financial planning box, bam, it gives me the green light to then bring that up and ask them, you know, why would you check this box and let's talk about this the other thing we did along with that was a post-appointment survey. And we picked that up at an MDRT meeting And we built our own and and got it approved. So after every meeting, we send a survey to our clients. How do we do, what can we do to improve? But at the bottom it asks for referrals because I'm not great at at face-to-face asking for referrals. I never have been. And we tell them, you know what, if you you send us some referrals, we'll send you a, a Visa gift card. And again, that's, Depends on where you are, whether that's okay or not, but in Illinois it is. So we tell them, if you send us some referrals, we'll send you a Visa gift card, $25 Visa gift card, and they love that, and we get a lot of referrals that way, and that's worked really well to keep that consistency going in our office.
1: That's actually something that we've started doing as well, probably in the last 12 months, is following up our meetings with a questionnaire. So we have different questionnaires, depending on the kind of meetings, if it's a discovery meeting they get the one questionnaire if it's a, a planning meeting they get another but similar to matt rewarding clients for referrals so we've got a documented reward referrals strategy so you know if they send us one referral they get x if they send us two referrals they get something slightly better and it, and it sort of ramps up and we found that we now get about 55 percent of our new business from referrals so it's made a massive difference to the consistency within our practice
2: Yeah, and I'll follow up that we physically send that survey in the mail with a self-addressed return envelope handwritten to make sure we get it back. Because we've tried electronic, and the response is very poor. But when somebody gets an actual handwritten letter in the mail with a self-addressed envelope in it, they feel obligated to send it back. We get them all back. We get literally probably 90% of them we get back. And about a third of them do have referrals.
0: What value do you see from using the questionnaire?
2: Yeah, we don't have any special questions in there. And frankly, you know, I'm talking to people about it. I'm really not as concerned with the top half of the survey as I am the bottom where their referrals are. My feeling is. You know what, they're doing business with us. They're probably happier they wouldn't have done business with it. So almost all the surveys give us great reviews and great remarks. So we probably didn't put a lot of effort into those questions because really the whole purpose for me of sending that thing out is is to try to get some referrals.
1: <laughs> Ours is constantly evolving. So probably once a month, we're either changing the wording slightly or tweaking the questions a little bit just to to try and get more value from them. We send ours electronically. Uh, I think it's a really good idea sending them in the mail, actually. I might pinch that one from you, Matt. But we also have a link on there that clicks through to referral sites. So things like in the UK, we have vouched for you know, Google reviews, that kind of thing, prompting clients to go on there and leave us a positive review as well. So it's just helping our presence on the, on the internet.
0: Carla, can you give an example of an adjustment you've made and why?
1: So the very first sort of version that we sent out, we asked for a referral at the bottom and we put space in there for them to actually put client names in there. But what we found was that people were ticking to say that they would refer, but they weren't then entering any details. I think perhaps they felt it was too personal. So version two, we took that box out and we have the question in there, you know, are you happy to refer us? And what we actually do now, we have somebody in the office who will then phone that client at a later date once the surveys come back. And to say, i oh, really happy that you you know you're comfortable referring us. Do you have anybody in mind that you'd like to pass our details on to right now? So just following that up with a phone call, we felt it was a slightly softer approach than actually putting the box on the questionnaire.
0: Matt, have you experienced any reluctance from people
2: like that? The main tweaks we had to do was getting our survey through compliance because we built it first here in the office and then, you know, we sent it up to compliance and they made some changes, took some things out, but really not a science, not a lot of science in it. You know, it's really the basic stuff. How do we do? What can we improve on? What'd you like best? What'd you like the least? But no, nothing earth shattering on that survey.
1: One thing we always do as well is if the client has made any comment on there where they think we could do things better is myself or the operations manager will actually phone them up and thank them for the comments and assure them that, you know, we'll take it on board and we will make, we'll look to make a difference with it. So it really helps the clients feel engaged with the process and that they are adding value to the service as well.
0: Can either of you think of a change you've made as a result of something someone has said in those surveys?
2: We haven't. The only probably that I can think of, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, two comments I got that weren't, you know, one was that they weren't comfortable giving out their, you know, their friends information and they would hope nobody would give theirs out. That was kind of, I guess you could call that a negative comment. And one other client was, you know, they mentioned that they didn't get a return call as quickly as they thought they should have. And that was on us, but not anything that we changed as far as office management or processes have come from that.
1: The only one I can think of was about our on-hold music. And to be honest, it was something that that we brought in years ago. You know, it was probably about eight years ago we we had the phone system put in. And have never changed it and it actually prompted us to go back and and revisit that and make some changes. It was just a little bit dated, it just didn't really fit with our branding, so we've brought something in now which is a bit more current as as to the way we operate these days.
0: That's awesome. To go back to your note about your operations manager, Carla, how did you know that it was working and putting your consistent production on track?
1: I think how I knew it was working, I mean, obviously 2020 was a difficult year for everybody. We certainly saw our production falling in 2020. And at the time, there was two advisors in the practice. I was finding it very hard to manage my workload and motivate the other advisor as well. Since Louise, the operations manager, came on board, we're much more able now to portion the workload around the office, uh, around the admin team. She's more able to monitor the production of the other advisors. We've got more advisors now. And it meant that I was then able to go and focus on actually seeing my clients because before I was getting so distracted trying to monitor what other people were doing, I wasn't able to focus as much as I would want to on my clients and get what we could from those. So what we've seen, I mean, so far 2021, we're having our best year ever, but we're having consistent performance. We're not getting the peaks and troughs that we've seen previously But also importantly, we're not getting the bottlenecks in the back office systems either because we're able to manage that workflow more efficiently. Whereas before, it would get to almost a critical position and it would turn out that it was me that was causing the problem because I was too busy doing other things and they were all waiting for me to do something. Whereas now, when we've got somebody managing that all through, it just works so much smoother.
0: That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time!